A lot of times when I record episodes for this podcast, I'm looking forward to it. I get pretty excited, even if the subject matter tends to take a bit of a darker turn or maybe a more analytical one, or sometimes even a dry one. I constantly try to keep some semblance of a level of being able to, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess honesty, um, openness, forthrightness, and I try and let my emotions, my my mental state play out as freely as I possibly can. In a small way, this is sort of experimental because just like tonight, there is a um, there's an emotion that I wanted to talk about that sort of rolled over me. Now, I'm going to go ahead and preface this by saying that I'm not sure how many people would can relate to what I'm about to talk about, but I'm going to be pretty open about it. So let me go ahead and introduce myself. I am Mario, the Artisan Rogue, and this is Radio 74. This is a podcast where I talk about things that are going on in my head. Usually they have to do with the world of art or some other experiences that I've been through while trying to be an artist. In this case, it's, it's very much a multitude of things. So today I had to go work in an office environment, and that was cool. It was fine. Um, I don't do a lot of that, but sometimes with freelance work, that's what's expected. And I don't mind, you know, it's going on site using other people's equipment, not a big deal, but there was something weird that happened today. So as, uh, as I went in and I was sitting there and, you know, people are kind of milling about and they're staying in their own cubicles. I mean, some people still staying fairly distanced from one another, that sort of stuff. It wasn't bad. But I want to back up on this for a while because one of the things that got me was that over the course of 2020, well into this year, having separated myself from quite a few people I've known or just, you know, the public in general, right? I'm normally a fairly introverted person. And even at shows or other places wherever I'm kind of turning my extrovert on and doing a hell of a lot of acting, which I'm not sure I want to pull back that bandaid and talk about that too much, but that's a lot of what I do when I'm at these places. A lot of people will think, oh, he's really outgoing. He's loud. He's kind of brass and all this other stuff. Not really. And, um, and so for a while, for a good year, what year and a half, I was able to, you know, just reside in, in what was truly me, you know, truly a much more quieter, probably overly introspective person that was going through a lot of therapy that's been dealing with depression, uh, mood swings, anger, anxiety, just a lot of different things. Um, and I don't know a lot about ADHD, but that's been a whole nother trial and tribulation figuring out, you know, why I'm exhibiting forms of that, you name it. There's just a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, is consistently in my mind. So what I wanted to, to, the theme of this really is a, um, a term that hit me earlier because I was trying to, one of the things I try and do whenever I'm feeling all of these things is I try to put it into words so that that way it's something I can encapsulate and it comes in handy for explaining to my therapist or maybe to people I'm having a conversation with. But I've found that a lot of times whenever I've had conversations with people about how I'm feeling or what I'm going through, even if it's legitimately something where we're all sharing and talking about things, I feel that my own, I end up with a lack of terminology that I can really use to push forward and really be accurate on what I'm saying. Well, it hit me earlier. I'm full of empty. 
That sounds really depressing, doesn't it? But it's true. I didn't think that could really happen, but it's akin to listening to a politician talk. Most of them love to talk, but they don't really have a lot of things to say. Unfortunately, that's also the vast majority of social media. Um, and in this case, when I was finally able to say that out loud, it really did a number on me, guys. I'm not even, it, it just, I, I didn't expect it to. And the weird part is, you know, there's ups and downs that happen all the time. Right now I'm dealing with the fact that uh, my, you know, um, I'm about to get really open on this stuff here. It's amazing how one remark can really knock you down. And I had had an argument with my father uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it, it did a number on me big time. It was one where, first of all, I, let me explain a few things. Culturally, I come from a Hispanic background, and my father was born 1941, Raised in the 50s, very much a, you know, self, self-appointed self sort of alpha male-esque kind of person from that era. And, uh, and I'm very much the opposite of him in a lot of ways. Now, he's one of those people that he has a lot to say but doesn't want to have a lot to hear. And the long story short is that we I wasn't even so much an argument as a much it was me just sitting there taking a brow beating over some stuff that I just didn't do. And it was one of those sort of, you know, things where you just end up feeling like, wow, I'm back to being a five-year-old, you know? Now, thankfully, you know, for the most part, I'm able to reconcile that with myself because I can't reconcile it with my fa with my father. So I have to be able to pull back and go, okay, well, what can I do to work through this? But the truth is, is that even when I was trying to do that, I was using mental containers to put, you know, problems in here, solve this, everything else like that. I found that it had really hit me pretty badly. And I don't know if any of you have ever dealt with something like that before, whether on a, on a personal or a professional level or anything else like that. You know, of course, if, if you've ever, if you've ever had anything like this, words are the worst sort of abuse you can get because they linger, they repeat, they echo, and they just don't leave you alone. And uh, in this circumstance, it was one that has spilled over for weeks. I mean, it was to the point to where when I was at on job, you know, on the job location, thankfully, the lady that that I work for is very understanding. And she was like, are you okay? You just seem tuned out. I was tuned the fuck out. I, I had no recourse. I had nothing I could fall back on. I, it was this in, in case, you know, in this case, in case you guys are wondering, um, I do graphic design for this company. I'm not going to name any names or anything else like that, but, um, I've had them for, as a client for quite a few years and I've gotten to know this lady very well. And we, you know, know how each other work for the most part and that sort of thing. And, and there was, I was totally disconnected. I, I don't, I don't even know what, you know, extra dimensional area my brain was traveling through, but it certainly wasn't this reality. And it's, you know, transpired to the point to where, you know, my dreams, my waking moments, you know, anxiety ridden aspects are all, you know, connected back to that. And it's really weird because at the exact same time that my head is full of all of this negative and weird energy that I don't want in there, I also feel absurdly empty. Like it's very hard right now to get motivated to do things. And I've got a good chunk of freelance from a couple of different sources to work on. And it has been a struggle to stay focused. 
not that I don't enjoy the work, not that I don't do anything, but there's a, there's a certain dead zone. Um, and, and I'm going to get really, really open on this here to a certain degree, because I don't think you guys understand this, but this, this is kind of how this went down. So take this, ex take this experience. I'm about to tell you for what it is. Um, when, when the whole, what I'm going to just call it an argument happened. I just want to paint the scenario for it. I'm in my parents' house. I've barely been there 10 to 15 minutes. We have a disagreement over COVID and vaccinations, which my parents have suddenly become very anti-vax for a multitude of reasons. Um, but, and, and the weird part is they've gotten theirs, but they no longer want boosters. They don't, they don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, there's just a ton of things, right? But that's not the point. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, saying, you know, well, I'm definitely going to get a booster and this other sort of thing. And there had already been a previous altercation, the, you know, verbal altercation, the, what, two weeks prior to that over the methodology of employment I have. I mean, I work freelance, but, you know, my dad's always like, how's the job search going? Because from that generation doesn't believe that I'm making any money or supporting myself in any way. And um, so, but getting back to this point, I'm sitting there and I'll never forget this very moment, which has been ringing and ringing in my head. My father is very hard of hearing. So he has no hearing aid that will help him anymore. Even if he wears them, he doesn't even turn them up. It, it's just, cause he doesn't like to hear what other people have to say. It's just how he's always been, even when he could hear. So he's just lecturing me for minutes now. Okay. And I remember that my mom is standing in the kitchen. Now my mom is on antidepressants. Having been married to my father, she's dealt with years of bullshit just physical and emotional abuse of all kinds it's just fucked up and now you know she's dealing with it the best she possibly can and i think as they've gotten older they've mild it out some but you know it is what it is so my mom's making tacos and i and it's crazy because like i can tell that my mom it, the kitchen's not that big my mom's over in the corner she's making tacos just fanatically just making them right and there's a certain way she makes them and she wraps them in foil to kind of keep them warm that's a whole nother thing I could devote to. But so the point is she's making all this stuff and my dad's sitting at the head of the table, which is just a small, like four to six seat table. It's not very big. It's right dead center in the smack, you know, smack in the middle of the kitchen and the kitchen's not that big. And I'm sitting on the other side opposite him, probably about four feet on the other end of the table. He's just lecturing and wailing away. And the subject matter is literally going from everything from, the problems with Trump to how we don't need welfare to how gays are bad to, you know, the Catholic church just doesn't have enough presence and power. And, you know, we need to think about what Jesus would think about. I mean, just, I'm not even joking. And just everything about, you know, it started, you know, talking about like how I need to get my head screwed on. Right. And, all, and it was weird because I could see that there were moments where he was kind of flowing in and out of referring to me back it was almost the exact same rhetoric i had heard when i was 16 when i was 12 when i was 21 and it wasn't changing it was the same beats and uh, i've jokingly started referring to a lot of the stories my dad will talk about as his greatest hits uh, you know just kind of like those 1-800 numbers you'd see like on uh, television late at night i was a huge late night junkie like best of the 50s and that kind of stuff that's what this is like i could i know the beat so well and how his hand mannerisms are and motions that i could tell you what the next life lesson is going to be it's probably going to be oh let me guess it's the guy that you worked with at stalls that only owned three pairs of pants six shirts two shoes and lived with a duffel bag in his truck to me 
I mean, okay, great, but this is a man who's, you know, my father who's looking up to this guy. My father has literally taken over six of the house closets. My mom's clothing has been pushed over into the cat's room. And I'm airing some dirty laundry here, but I'm painting a picture of what this whole circumstance is. So as I'm getting talked to about like materialism and pay and worth and looking out because my dad also has a saying that there's only one person in this world that matters and that's yourself you look out for number one and i found that really crazy considering my dad is sitting there he's not even really considering my mom as he's stating this comment and as i'm getting yelled at as mom's making tacos um i'm sitting there going i I don't want to deal with this like i'm already a little bit you know just off put anyway and i'm just getting angrier and angrier and in the background my dad remember he can't really hear so he's got the television and tell me any of you that have older parents if you haven't dealt with this the television is blaring i'm talking loud like to the point to where like the table it's sitting on is kind of vibrating and it's Fucking Mayberry RFD's theme song. The Andy Griffith Show. Not Mayberry RFD. The Andy Griffith Show. So it's the whole scene where he's walking um, by the creek with fishing poles to go fishing with um, with his son, Ron Howard. I can't... I don't remember the, the character's name in the show. But all it is is the maniacal whistling, the making of tacos, and my dad yelling at me. And this this went on for like a good 10 to 15 minutes. Not Not so much the theme song, but... I remember the moment they got stuck in me was that high, that height of the moment in the opening credits, whenever he's whistling and dad's at his fever pitch of yelling. So at that point, I didn't realize like how much damage that whole moment had done, but I was mad. I was really furious and I barely spoke and it just kind of ruined the whole day, like in an instant. And a part of me after that started feeling guilty, like, damn it, I let that, I let that overwhelm me. Like crap i should have been better prepared for that but who prepares for that who really prepares for that this and for me it was in this again i'm only describing a truth that happened now my parents tonight are i guess no tomorrow okay had something mixed up in my head my parents are at home right now i was about to say they were at a dance and um and i don't hate my parents i really don't um but i you know i don't like them very much right now because of what happened and this whole podcast is just basically aimed at the fact that when you go through something like that, and I'm get, and I put that example out there with the with the details, as morose as they were, um, because maybe there's somebody else out there that can kind of commiserate or relate to what I went through, and if you're having problems dealing with it, it's perfectly fine to feel like you're running on empty, like your whole tank is full of empty, because it's what it's been for me. I have personal projects and other things I want to accomplish. And all that ends up coming back is the echoes of being yelled at. And if I was younger, I would probably have a lot more emotional strain. I probably do right now as well, too. But my coping mechanisms are a little bit better. And so now let's switch over into the coping mechanism factors. If you endure something like that, it's hard if you're really young to deal with it. It's never easy at any age to deal with, but especially if you're young where do you go? What are you supposed to do? You could get in trouble. You could get grounded. You could get yelled at. You might get hit for walking away from them as you're, as you're being talked to. If you're older, it's not any better because it seems like, you know, the stakes are higher. You should know better. Why are you disrespecting me? I don't think there's really that many parents on this planet that will view a child when they get older as their equal or at least as another parent, you know, or 
thrown up or anything, whatever your case might be. And that has always fascinated me because I know that for myself, there's always been a challenge that I've had to, and, and this is the weird part. So maybe there's something in there that, at least for me, there's a connective tissue where I'm consistently finding myself having to reprove myself to my dad. It's like, it's not enough that I went to college. It's not enough that, uh, you know, I'm, I, I work for myself. It's not enough that I had worked at Hallmark and worked at a multitude of other places. And when the chips were down, sometimes I worked three jobs. Um, sometimes I'd have jobs like when I was working at the museum or I was doing private sector security, I would get criticisms like from my dad, like it just bugged him. I remember cause he's also a drunk. Um, whenever I was working at the bar that really bugged him. And I never really found out why until later, he just didn't like the stories I was talking about with drunk people or dealing with them or anything like that. It drove him insane. He just, it just, it, I think it vilified him in his own mind or something. I'm not really sure, but in the end, I this is probably pretty obvious to most of you, but I had to reconfigure my thinking and understand that a lot of that anger is projection. A lot of the reason, and I've heard this before, like there's a, like kind of a weird fantasy term. I think it's called like an energy vampire or something. Oh my God. I sound very tinfoil saying that out loud, but there is a, there is a factor like that, that I do believe exists because somebody can be so exhausting in an argument or just day to day life or whatever, that if you involve yourself with them in any way, you just feel drained mentally, emotionally, probably even physically. I know I did. And I never realized that growing up. And when you're younger, you have a lot more energy. You have just, you know, you're able to rebound a little bit more. And, and I'll use the metaphor of skateboarding. When I was 16 to 21, I could skateboard just fine. I was never great at it. I could ride a bike just fine. I could do a lot of things just fine. I can't do it that well. <laughs> Not anymore. It's, it, it's pretty much, I'm, I'm like, I'm like one foot in the grave at this point. And, uh, yeah. So the, but the point is, is that when that sort of thing happens and you're dealing with a family member or somebody could be a boss, could be anything like that. It does make you, can you feel this way? Take a moment to step back and think about, are there other avenues? Are there all other alternative ways to deal with this? I don't have any answers for you, but the one thing I can tell you is that if you can take a moment after it's happened to really just calmly as best you can, because it is going to be difficult. Think about what you just went through, what it was like, what you endured. It's never easy, especially if it really categorizes itself as trauma. It's never easy to talk about it. It's never easy to relive that. I, I can say that right now. and I'm getting a little sweaty and anxiety ridden just thinking about that moment. And this was like four weeks ago um, or two weeks ago. And, and see, like, and it messes with your head, too, because you're like, man, how much time passed? But I don't like that things like that can affect my creative output, my critical thinking, my logical stuff. I have a Rubik's cube in front of me that, uh, I love messing with and I'm only ever able to complete one side on this, the orange and sometimes the red one. And sometimes I've found like, I have a bunch of little games and things like that, like little handheld things that I'll mess with. That's usually my go-to. That's something that I'll pick up, play, mess around with. And if I've found those things failing, thankfully right now, I've got a, um, another podcast going. That's also a video podcast with my buddies in brass engine games, we're putting out games, <laughs> we're putting out some games. And, uh, in those circumstances, it's really nice to have that outlet because it gives me a chance to get away from it. And I, 
my mind never really stops. So even when we're recording that podcast and we're talking about things in the mythology and all this other stuff, these upcoming games we're working on, the mechanics and all this other stuff, my mind is still wandering over into these other areas. But thankfully, because I'm able to at least not overwhelm myself with being busy, you know, busy thinking, I'm able to process some of those thoughts through and really let my emotions kind of flow through and imbibe myself with going, you know what? I'm doing something good here. Um, I, I, this is probably something where like in this circumstance, I'm pursuing a hobby and interest and a endeavor to get games published. And this is something that my parents, neither one of them really would understand what I'm doing or how it works or anything. And nor would they really care that much about. So I have to remind myself that it isn't my fault that there's a lack of interest. It's not my fault if there's a lack of engagement or, um, you know, even just a small amount of wanting to understand. In fact, the emptiness that I'm full of may very well be emptiness that isn't mine. It's just I'm observing it and I know it's there and I, and for some unfortunate reason, I'm claiming ownership of it. So anyway, 20 minutes, a little bit longer than that. Hope this helped out. Um, I just thought I'd tell you guys about it. I really hemmed and hawed about this one because it was such a personal circumstance and situation and it's never easy to go through, you know, and it's especially harder as you're getting older and your parents are getting older and you're looking at them and sometimes you don't agree with them sometimes. Most of the time, you're never going to see eye to eye. But at the end of the day, in most circumstances, you know, you want to try and make things work out, if at least only for your own sanity. So with that, I hope I was able to, if you were needing it, fill your emptiness with some information and a little bit of hope. Thank you so much for listening. I am Mario the Artisan Rogue, and this is Radio 74. And I'll, tech, I'll talk to you in the next podcast. <laughs>